Hi, I'm Fran Faircloth, a partner in the data privacy and cybersecurity practice at Ropes and Gray. I want to welcome everyone to the latest edition of the RNG Tech Studio podcast. In this edition, we have my friend and partner, Ama Adams. Ama is the managing partner of our office here in DC, and her practice is focused on international trade and national security. Um, thanks so much for joining the podcast today. I'm really excited to talk to you about your practice. But before we jump in, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and the basics? Absolutely. And thank you so much for inviting me to be a guest on the podcast and uh, for that lovely introduction. So in terms of a little bit about my practice, as you mentioned, you know, it focuses on international trade and national security. And what I like to tell people when they ask me what that means is, when you pick up you know, the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or the Washington Post and you're reading about many of, sort of the geopolitical events that are happening in the world, whether it's with respect to Russia or China or Venezuela or Iran, my practice involves the, the intersection of those geopolitical issues and trade and investment regulation. Wow. So, you know, super boring, not interesting, relevant stuff at all. This sounds very boring. (laughs) This sounds like a really fascinating area of the law. Can you tell me a little bit about how tech is impacting your clients for better or worse right now? I think the one way or sort of a salient way to think about how tech is impacting my clients, you know, there is a race to be at the head of the technology game from a national security perspective. And, you know, my practice involves representing many different types of companies who are involved in the development or production or sort of innovation around different types of technology, whether it be semiconductor, AI, machine learning, sort of manufacturing, gene editing, gene testing, you name it. And a lot of those types of technologies are finding themselves increasingly sort of caught in the crosshairs of national security considerations. You know, I'm not a technical expert. I'm not an electrical or mechanical engineer by any stretch of the imagination, but many of my clients and the firm's clients are involved in those types of innovations. And so that's how I get involved in helping them when they're trying to push their visions forward. This is so fascinating when you're spanning that kind of gap between the technical and these national security issues. How do you help your clients bridge that gap and address these issues? There's probably two key ways that we help our clients bridge these issues is first helping them get a good grounding or understanding of what these regulations mean. You know, there are technical aspects to many of these regulations and determining whether, for example, a type of technology might be controlled for export control purposes to different parts of the world, or if they're going to be downloaded on a server outside of the United States. So helping our clients kind of understand what those rules of the road look like, and then trying to help them assess, you know, some of the softer issues or sort of not the hardcore issues in terms of what are some of the reputational or geopolitical risks that can be involved with some of the technologies that they may be developing or partnering overseas with others to create or manufacture. Those intangibles, sometimes that can be hard to kind of concretely understand, um, but can help drive strategy and in many ways help avoid situations where a client might find itself violating some of those technical rules. Wow. So with this 
area being so driven by what's going on in the world and everything that's changing so rapidly. If you look in your crystal ball to the next five or 10 years, what do you see as the emerging issues? We look sort of into a crystal ball or read tea leaves for the next five to 10 years. You know, one of the emerging issues is going to be the race between the United States and several of our, you know, allies and, you know, adversaries or countries of concern, as we call it in my world, um, the race to stay on top, right? It, it's very clear that being the leader in technology not only means that our clients are being able to provide you know, the consumers, but the government with innovative and potentially, you know, game-changing technologies, it also means that our clients are going to find themselves increasingly sort of caught up in these issues that are outside of their control. And so when we look forward to the next five to 10 years, it's really about getting companies to understand what it is that they are creating and developing, who they're doing it with, what the impacts of these rules are, and to be able to find ways for them to be able to grow and develop in a way that doesn't, you know, as the government might say, threaten or impair our national security interests. With so much of this, it really just kind of, as you said, outside of the control of your clients and at the whims, I guess, of the national security environment and the whatever countries, the more powerful tech powerhouse at the moment. How do you help clients prepare for that kind of unknown in the future? That is a great question, Fran. And I think it's something that we're still putting the playbook together. But I think at the core of it is, you know, we have incredible expertise in understanding these regulations. We have incredible resources and connections across DC, both from you know other practitioners and peers that we work with and with government officials that we've come across through matters over the course of the last you know, 5, 10, 15 years. And so that combination allows us to pivot for our clients, to try to stay abreast of issues as they kind of pop up. I mean, if you look at the situation with Russia, the situation with China, you know, 15, 20 years ago, would we have thought we would be where we are, maybe some would have, but we have to be nimble and flexible for our clients. And that is how we help them stay atop of these issues because they pop up and they come up and they can be very dramatic and very material in their impact. And it's on us to make sure that we are front of mind and top of mind for these issues. Well, it sounds like um, you could give your clients a lot of peace of mind with your broad experience and knowledge of this area. It's really fascinating. Um, I could talk about this a lot longer, but I I know that we're running low on time and I want to make sure that we get to my favorite part of the podcast, which actually has nothing to do with the law, but gives us a chance just to get to know you a little bit. So it's going to be pretty quick questions and quick answers, a little bit of a lightning round. First, tell me a little bit about where you live and your family. So I live right outside of Washington, D.C., about 10 miles in a city, Alexandria City is the name of the city I live in with my husband and my 17-year-old son, who, as I often joke around uh, with people who know me well, who thinks he's 27 um, and can make all, and should be able to make all the decisions in the household. Is he impressed at all by your very cool job working on these major national security questions? 
Not at all. Not impressed at all. There are many times where he says, mommy, you, you won't believe the day I had, you know, it's your day just doesn't compare to what I had to deal with. So he is uh, not impressed at all. It's so hard. It's so hard to impress uh, our own kids. Right? Um, Very much so. Do you have a favorite movie? I have lots of favorite movies. Um, I'm sort of kind of have an eclectic taste, but I do love old classic movies. In particular, I do love Alfred Hitchcock movies. Uh, North by Northwest is one of my favorites. Um, to Catch a Thief. I just sort of love just the storytelling from some classical movies, uh, the imagery, sort of the cinematography. Um, it's just something that's kind of near and dear to my heart. Oh, I love that. Alfred Hitchcock's also one of my favorites. And North by Northwest kind of makes sense for you. So do you identify at all with like the Eva Marie Saint character, all the international intrigue and fantastic dresses? You know what? I never thought about that, but maybe that actually is part of the reason why I do love some of those movies. And I do love some of the clothes and the looks and the classic lines in those movies. So you actually may have done a little bit of a psychological case study of me right there, Fran, that I hadn't been thinking of. But yeah, that 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 certainly probably makes sense for that movie. Great. Breaking news here on this podcast. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll finish it out with a question that has been asked many times in this podcast. So in a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which do you think is more important, the peanut butter or the jelly? To me, it is the jelly. 60% jelly, 40% peanut butter, a lovely oh. grape jelly. That is, that is, you have to have a little bit of the oozing jelly coming out of the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So that is my answer. And that is the right answer. That is the right answer. Well, if you go back and listen, I have a different answer on this. But <laughs> we, 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 I'm not sure if you've convinced me, grape or strawberry? Great. Great. But I do like strawberry, but grape is my first choice. All right. All right. I'm not sure I'm convinced. We may have to disagree <laughs> on that one. Thank you so much, Amma, for taking the time to talk with us today. It's been really good to chat with you. And for our audience, once again, this is the Ropes and Gray RNG Tech Studio podcast. It's available on the Ropes and Gray website on the RNG Tech Studio page. It's also linked and available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much. <laughs>